Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you, God, just for who you are. We thank you for your presence in our lives, Lord. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. Help us to hear and receive from you, Lord, what it is, Lord, that you want each of us to receive from our time here this morning, God. Let us be in tune to your word and to your spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, we continue to be open, Lord, to everything that you want to do in this place and in our lives. Lord, we thank you for each one that's here, Lord, and we pray for those that are not able to be with us this morning, that you would be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Ready to go to work. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Doing all right this morning. God has started doing some mighty powerful things. And I think one thing we need to learn is to really be ready to hear and know what it is God is doing in the day. Just no matter what. Truly, right now it's the, the, the shifting of the environment, the shifting of of what God is doing in this place, it's, it's, a, it's a learning time, it's a growing time, and it's going to be a challenging time. It's challenging some old mindsets and old old paradigms, amen. It's causing us to become leeches and slaves. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause us, amen, to see things differently because truly our, our desire and goal is to know that no matter where you are, God is there. And no matter, you know, what's going on in your life, God is still in charge. Amen. And that whatever he does here, he can do there too. Amen. Because why? You're present. And it doesn't have to wait until a specific time or, 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 or song. I mean, it's, and as we say, you know, we really got to know how to worship him. And it's learning how to worship him in this environment as we're in a place of learning and teaching. But even when we go beyond here, we're still worshiping him. We're still living for him. Amen. We're still the same people serving the same God and under the same authority and power so that he can flow like he wants to flow. Amen. So sometimes he, he's going to move us in a place, amen, to cause us to see that he is real and he is moving and he is doing things and there's healings and there's deliverance. You know, and people are being set free right in our midst. And wherever you go, amen, think about it. it, it he, he, you don't have to wait until, you know, the preacher show up. Why? Because he's got a vessel there. And that's you. Amen. When we, when we elevate our availability and our faith even to that level, God can do greater things. Amen. Instead of sometimes we just waiting to get to a specific place or a specific person. Amen. But he's the one. Amen. 
Uh, so, you know, as I spoke on the last time I spoke, man, we were talking about what? Who's in charge anyway? Isn't that right? And we're going to continue down that vein because, like I said, there's, there's a few more things that we definitely need to get in order to bring those things into alignment. Amen. As, as we talk about that, you know, and as we, and, you know, also as we see God moving in this house and, and different situations are happening and things, you know, just always be in tune. Amen. Because I'm going to be moving differently as well. You know, but let's always be in tune with what God is saying and what God is doing, what he's preparing us for. Amen. And when it comes time to share what God has done, let's, let's hear exactly what, what's being called for. Amen. So that we can move according to that. But this morning, amen, as I said, we're going to continue in, in dealing with what's in charge, I mean, who's in charge. It's, it's going to be a what there some too, you know, but who's in charge, amen. If we look at the, the second installment of this series that we're getting ready to step into, amen, that we're actually into, amen, we progress forward. But just to, re- to recap a little bit, amen, we, we had spoke about the fact that we are a triune being, amen. Body, soul, and spirit. There's none other like us, amen, that God created, amen. We are, amen, those triune beings, amen. And I pointed out that you don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. There's a difference. <laughs> because if you say, oh, well, I have a spirit, then, well, then, no, but you are a spirit, amen. Just say that with me. I am a spirit, amen. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Amen. That's how God created us. Amen. That we are a spirit being. Amen. You possess a soul and you live in a body. And it's important that we understand that because a lot of times we, when we talk about walking in the spirit, amen, we, we, we disconnect it from ourselves. Amen. But when we begin to walk in the spirit as the Lord's, the Holy Spirit leads us in the spirit, then we can be able to accomplish everything that God wants us to accomplish. And the second thing that we talked about, amen, is our, our challenge, you know, to get the three parts in proper alignment, amen, so that we're flowing and functioning in the order that God wants us to flow in. We, we come to realize, amen, a lot of times that the spirit man is not in charge. It's that, that body or that mind or our, our knowledge of good and evil those things, amen, tend to take control and take charge rather than allowing ourselves to be led and by the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, moving according to the Spirit, and knowing who's in charge, amen. So we need to get those, those things, and that's what the part of this whole thing is, getting it in the proper order. Talking about those things, the third thing we talk about is the fact that the Spirit's supposed to be the king, isn't that right? You know, the Spirit is the one that always, should always be in charge. That's the way God designed us. But then we have our soul or our mind, some might say, amen, which is equivalent. It should be the servant of the soul, I mean, of the Spirit, rather, the servant of the King. So he's there to make sure that everything that the, the Spirit says is brought to pass, to do whatever the Spirit is saying, to do, to get instruction and direction, amen, from the spirit so that the mind now can direct the third part, which is what? Our body, which should be what? The slave. So the slave, amen, just don't come up with his own will. See, we find out our will rests in our soul, amen. And if without the direction of the Holy Spirit, 
that will's going to go any way it want to go. Man, and, and what happens is because we we are not getting a download from the spirit, amen, then we, we get a, I'm going to say it like this, an upload from the slave. And the body says, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I desire this, and I desire that. And if the mind is not in control, then the body begins to tell the mind what it wants to do, and we follow that. Because we're not connecting and hearing what the soul, I mean what the spirit is saying to our soul to direct us so that we can tell the body, no, we ain't doing that. So it's getting those things in order, in an alignment like they need to be, so now we can flow and we can function. Now, if we would be honest with ourselves, and I ask you to raise your hand, which I'm not to do, I believe all of us would probably raise our hand because we know there's times when the body's been in control. The body's been telling us what to do, amen, or we've been directed by our knowledge of good and evil, our knowledge and our intellect, and moved according to that even when it was contrary to what the Spirit was saying. Amen? Because knowledge, I mean, our knowledge, and here it is, that our knowledge is not equivalent to God's knowledge. Amen? See, we, we have a, this conception that when Adam and Eve, you know, when they partook of the, the, the tree in the garden of the, good, the knowledge of good and evil, there's this perception that they got all knowledge. But they didn't. They didn't. They got the knowledge that there was good and there was evil, and even that knowledge that they got, they really didn't know what to do with. Hello? So so here they are with more than they're prepared to receive. That's why he had told them, the Lord had told them, don't touch it because you ain't ready for that yet. You ain't, you ain't ready for that because there's a lot more information than you can process, but they touched it. Now we find that they're doing things, amen, and they're hiding from God, and they're trying to cover up. Why? Because the knowledge told them something that they weren't prepared to handle. So we need to get to a place to understand those still, still same problems perpetuate themselves today, amen, all the way to today. Why? Because we operate according to knowledge a lot of times rather than the spirit. Now, I'm not saying knowledge is a bad thing, but it can be. And, you know, so we got to understand what is God saying? What is the Spirit of God telling us to do? Because a lot of our knowledge today is based on what? Our experiences. Amen? So we're going to respond based on our experience, but that experience is coming out of our senses, things that happen to us. And a lot of times that those experiences are coming out of our feelings Amen. And we're moved and we're directed by those things. How many of you have ever been directed by our feelings? Come on, I know it's in here. Amen. I feel like I don't feel like. Amen. So therefore, you know, we, we, we all have what we call five senses. Isn't that right? Now, what are your senses? What do they do for you? Well, basically, your senses are designed to collect information. Amen. They collect data. They help you to see. They help you to hear. They help you to smell. They help you to feel. Amen. But they weren't designed to direct you what to do. Amen. But what happens is we allow them to direct us what to do if we're not listening to what the Spirit of God is directing us to do. So getting those things in order. Remember, the fourth thing we, we looked at, amen, was the fact that in the garden, the Spirit of man lost the connection with the Spirit of God. 
And he said that you shall surely die. They didn't die physically, right? No. But they died spiritually. That connection was severed. So therefore, when that connection was severed, man began to look for something to fill the void. Something to get a download or in some cases an upload from to tell him what to do. And that's when we begin to rely on flesh. That's when we begin to rely on everything else because we weren't getting the receiving from God. So spiritually you were dead. So now we were, we were limited to what we could see and what we could feel and, and what we knew because there was no new information coming. You know, when you stop and think about all the, the situation that we found ourselves in, we were dead. We were lost spiritually but alive in a world that we didn't even know how to operate in. So we fumbled around, amen, and we, we see Cain slew his brother and, you know, on and on until we get all the way to the sixth chapter of Genesis. And, and the Lord says he looked at the heart of man, the imagination of man was evil continually. Why? Because he didn't know what to do with everything that he had. So he began to be led by the spirit and the flesh. And I'm going to introduce one more thing that we've been led by without God. If God's not talking to you, Amen. There's another spirit in this world that will speak to your spirit. And that's the spirit of the adversary, the spirit of the devil, the demonic spirits that speak to us and tell us things. See, if we will be honest and look at the truth is your mind does not come up with new information. You don't just sit down and all of a sudden you know, you have this thought that no one has ever had. Because you said, what, what, have you, what have you that you have not received? You know, we don't, thoughts just don't generate in our mind because we're so smart. You know, we look back at, you know, Einstein, and we look at all the, 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 the smart men of our times, amen. Things were revealed to them, amen. By the Spirit of God, amen, things were revealed and passed down through study and research. Knowledge is good when it's used properly, when it's used in alignment with the will of God. But we, in our, our mind itself, is simply a receiver. It's either going to receive input from our body or it's going to receive input from the Spirit of God or it's going to receive input from demonic spirits. It's a receiver. Now it's up to us to decide what we're going to do, what we receive, but first we've got to figure out where we're receiving it from. You've been taught, we've been instructed, you know, and so therefore we need to understand where am I, where's this coming from? What, did, what was it that the Lord asked Adam when he said we were naked so we hid ourselves? Who told you that? See, you didn't know nothing about that until someone told you that. He didn't figure that out by himself. The Lord knew you didn't figure that out by yourself. Who told you that? You partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but still now you got knowledge. But somebody told you. See, so we need to understand, amen, we don't just come up with stuff. Say, just tell somebody I'm not that smart. Now, some of us then won't even say it. <laughs> that shows me how smart you really are. Amen. Because we're not that smart. Amen. Just to come up with, you know, but we should be wise enough 
to realize that we are receiving information. And now we need to ask God, how do we process this information? What do we do with this information? See, I'm, I'm giving you some basic nuts and bolts because this is where it starts. It's understanding these basic principles, amen. So now we can begin to really step back and see the bigger picture of who we are, amen, as a triune being, how we're designed to function. So therefore, when we start feeling things, we know that's not supposed to be telling me what to do. It's okay to tell you how you feel, but it's not supposed to tell you what to do. That's why he gave us his word. That's why he wants us to be in tune with his spirit so that can tell us what to do. The instruction and the download that comes from him is what's supposed to tell our spirit, man, how to instruct the mind so we can do the right thing and we can keep our body in order and in alignment according to God's will and God's purpose. Hallelujah. So we, we see that we got to re, realign some things, amen? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, I, I, just, a, just a, a thought here. When they sinned against God, did they even know they sinned? You know, it's amazing. I come to King James, and I was, I was doing some looking research, and found out that, you know, well, first of all, when God dealt with them, he never even mentioned sin. He didn't even bring it up. First place that sin was mentioned when, when the Lord was dealing with Cain in the fourth chapter of Genesis. And he said, if you do well, won't you be rewarded? But if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. But still, did he understand what sin was all about? What, what, what is this thing called sin? You know, actually, in fact, in the King James, sin is only mentioned seven times. Now, you would think if sin was such a big thing that fear that, that, that bothered God, he would talk a whole lot more about sin, especially in the beginning. But even when you begin to break it down, amen, in, into the original languages, you begin to find out that sin is translated as transgressions, as wrong, as, a lot of different words and a lot of different things, not till we get down to where God gave the law was sin really revealed to man. So what, what's that got to do with everything? Everything. Amen? Let, 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 me, let me take you to a couple places here and, and help us to understand. Because without, without communion with God, we, we will continue to live spiritually dead. Isn't that right? So we, so, so we don't want to be stuck operating in a place, amen, that God does not want us to operate. Hallelujah. But, but go with me to Romans, the third chapter, if you will. And I know you will. Let me get over to myself. Romans 3, and look at verse number 20. 
that therefore by the deeds of the law shall there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, until until the law was introduced, they had really had no real knowledge of, of sin and what that was pertaining to God in their relationship with God. See, because without without the law, man was living basically lawless. Amen. And on now, we can come up with our own rules and our own based on what? Our knowledge of good and evil. See that so that's not to say up until this point they didn't have no no man-made laws and no man-made rules, and they didn't have any standards. But let me say it like this. If me and Pastor Linda decide we're going to go out for dinner and a movie, and we got the kids at home, they're all gone now, but, you know, they're all at home. And we tell Lynette, you know, we want you to watch over your brothers and sisters, make sure they stay out of trouble, don't get into nothing, and, you know, let us know how things go when we get back. So we've given her instruction, okay? She's responsible. Now, we leave and we go, and what Lynette sets out to do is she starts making rules. Y'all got to stay in y'all room. You can only do this. You can only do that. You can only do the other thing. You know, we didn't tell her to make no rules, okay? But she's doing what she needs to do to keep order. So when we come back, now she's upset because they didn't follow her rules. Now, Am I obligated to back up and reinforce her rules? No, because those aren't my rules. Those are her rules. Now, if I'd have told them this, y'all do whatever she says do, now I've given her the authority to govern and make rules. So now when they break her rules, although I didn't make all the different rules, they've broken the kernel rule, and that's not listening to her. You see how that works? So therefore, even though I don't have to back up all the little rules that she made, I do have to back up the rule that I gave her. And I gave them to listen and to obey her. Same scenario is, you know, we look at, well, who says it's a sin to speak? That's not in the Bible. But the Bible does say what? Obey the laws of the land. So now we just broke that rule. So therefore, we're accountable. Y'all see how, how, where, where we're at? So when God came to Moses and he gave him the Ten Commandments, now God has established laws and rules within the earth. Now, as he went down and began to give him all the rest of the laws, now sin has been exposed because when I break God's rules, when I break God's law, now I'm accountable to God because I'm sinning against him. See, but until the law came, there was no... Let's look at this other passage. Go to seven, the seventh chapter there. Well, first go to 4 and 15. We're still in Romans. It says, because the law worketh wrath for what... For where no law is, what does it say? There's no violation, one transaction, no transgression. See, so where there's no law, you haven't broken the rule. You haven't broken, so there's no transgression. That means I do what I want. No one said I couldn't. Even though I know it's wrong, there ain't no law against it. How many times have we seen over the years 
you know, we're constantly passing new laws because when someone does something wrong, the law can't even mess with you because there's no rule against it. So what do they do? They set in legislation to make it wrong. Now, next time you do it, they can hold you accountable. That's how law works. That's how the rules work. Where there's no rule, I can do what I want to do. No one didn't say anything different. But when the authority says that's wrong and you can't do it and they put it down in writing, now you violated the law. See, we learn from our mistakes, amen, and we, we begin to govern based on those things to bring things in order. Go to the seventh chapter and the seventh verse. I hope we get this. It's all going to make sense here in a minute. 7 and 7 says this. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay. I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law said, had said, thou shalt not covet. See, when the law spells out what's wrong, it becomes clear. Now you got, we are without excuse. But see, when man is left to his own devices, he's going to make up his own rules. Huh? And we begin, we see that more and more and more, you know, when, when man decides what he, the laws he wants to make, we can make up anything. And if you get enough people to agree with it, then that's why we end up seeing the things in our, our, our nation, some of the things that's going on now. And, you know, when we're dealing with sin and we're dealing with, you know, things that are not lining up with the will of God, now we have legislation that says it's legal in Washington State for a man to marry a man. Some of y'all don't want to go with me now, huh? Huh? But does that, now, I'm I'm bringing that up for a reason, not because that's the only law that's wrong, but if we pass a law that violates the word and the law of God, which one has priority? Obviously, God is better to obey God than man. Amen? So, again, we got to go back to where the standard is. Once God allows and what God establishes always overrides what man establishes. And we need to remember that even in our own circumstances and situations sometimes, you know, we, we say, well, I don't want to hear what the word says. I know how I feel. I know how I think. Amen. And one more verse on that. Let's go, let's go to chapter number five. Romans deals with a lot of this. Five and thirteen. This will help us hear a little bit more. It says, "For until the law, sin was in the world. Okay, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. In other words, it wasn't held accountable." Huh? So, hello. We need to get in alignment with what God is saying, his rules, his ways, his authority, amen, so that we can walk in alignment. See, but when we all, when we go according to what we think and what we feel, we come up with any old thing. But what did the word of God say? What did, you know, he said, great peace out there that love thy law. In other words, that's what David was saying, those that love your law, God, and nothing shall offend them. Why? Because we're putting our confidence and our trust in what God has established and not what man has established. So again, as we as we get that, we're going to be able to move and function like God wants us to function here in the earth. Oh wait, wrong place. Hallelujah. 
So y'all got that, right? So it's interesting because I'm listening to everything that's going on this morning and things that's being said, even Pastor Linda, you know, just the exhorting that's been taking place. And the first thing that we need to deal with, and we kind of touched on it in some areas, is in this triune being is what? Our body. Everybody got a body. So we're going to deal with the body, we're going to deal with the soul, amen, and then we're going to deal with the spirit. We're going to start at the baser thing, amen, which is the body, which in most cases it was been ruling until we get a better understanding. Sometimes our body's in charge and we don't even realize our body's in charge, amen. But God designed our bodies for a specific purpose and reason, amen. Our body is tenement to our earth suit. It's just like if you... You go into outer space. You will not survive in outer space without a spacesuit. Amen. It's designed for that environment. Our body is the thing that allows us to operate in the earth realm. It allows us to function, to go to and fro. It allows our spirit man to operate in a realm that it was not designed to operate so that now we can interface with the natural world because we've been given a natural body because you are a spirit. But without this earth suit, you cannot operate in the earth. Amen. And without your spirit abiding in this earth suit, this earth suit can't function. Okay? Just like you, and I, I use the analogy all the time, just like your car. When you park the car and get out, it can't do nothing until you get back in. You know, we, we've seen, you know, different ones when, when their spirit leaves the body, the body just falls out. It collapses. It can't do nothing. Same as if an you know, astronaut takes off that space suit. It's going to lay there until he gets back in it. But that space suit is designed to function in that environment. Your body is designed to function in this environment so that now you can do what? Not your will, but the will of God. But a lot of times we, when we don't yield it to him, we find ourselves doing everything else. Our body gives us the legal right to be here so that we can flow and we can function. But we're not here to serve our body. Hello. Oh, that might be a revelation to somebody. We're not here to serve our body. We're here to serve God with our body. Amen? But when we don't understand that, it's all about me, what they're doing to me, what's happening to me, what I want, what I desire, what I, you know, what I'm going to do. And, you know, so we build a life round, wrapped around serving our body, amen, and the, the bodies of our family members, Amen. And all those things. Why? Because we, we miss the main purpose that we're here, and that's to serve God. So we, we need to get to that place. God loves your body. Amen. You know, you think about how, how come Jesus healed everyone that he came in contact with, except when they had total unbelief, when they, you know, reject. Because he wants our, our bodies to be whole. He wants our bodies to, to be made complete. He wants our bodies to be able to flow and to function so that we can do the will of God. So he, he loves your body. He loves you. Amen. He gave you a body to function. Amen. So therefore, when we understand that, God wants to come in and set things in order in the body. He wants us to know how to take care of our body. Amen. So think about the astronauts. Now, if they didn't take care of that, that space suit, what would they be doing? They'd be putting their, their life in jeopardy. Well, if they didn't take care of it, realize, okay, I need to keep this thing you know, the integrity of this suit, good. I, I, I can't be running, poking holes in it. I, you know, I got to 
you know, watch out how I maintain it. I got to make sure it's up to speed so when I step out into that environment, I won't die. But we got to do the same thing with this body. We got to learn how to take care of it, amen, because guess what? If we don't, how many of us know it's going to break down? Amen. It's not. It's designed to last a long time. God did an amazing job when he created your body. Amazing. And he designed it to heal itself. He designed it to function in ways that sometimes we don't even understand. It's got automatic systems in your body you don't even worry about, you don't even think about. It just just amazed me when I start thinking about the, the miracle of this human body. Can you imagine if God didn't know what he was doing, he just kind of fumbled around and, you know, how you got so many feelings you can touch anywhere in your body. If, if, a, if a gnat lands on you, you know it's there. But you know how if you had that kind of feeling and sense throughout your body, it would drive you crazy. If you could feel everything that runs down your throat, if you could feel every vein and there's the blood flows through them veins, and, you know, you could feel everything that's happening inside your body, it would kind of drive you. So God had enough sense to say some things you need to feel, other things you don't want to feel. So he designed it in a way that we can operate in this body as a spirit being comfortably. Because he had all these things in mind. He said, you got more to do than worry about what's going on in that body. Amen. But when the body ain't acting right, how many of us know it hinders what we can do for God? So we got to get the body lined up. And I like what Pastor Miller said because the Lord will give you wisdom on how to operate in the body. But if you don't listen to God, you're going to do what you want to do. What's your body? And things that are unhealthy, things that are unspiritual. Why? Because, you, well, it's me. I ain't hurting nobody. Well, I guess you ain't got nobody if you ain't hurting nobody. Your body's a body. You know, but see, we've got to get to a place to understand, no, my body belongs to God. And we gonna, that's when we really take a look at this. Go to Psalms 139 with me. 139 and 13. I'm looking at 13 and 14. Hallelujah. This is just a portion of this passage. It's amazing. But even here he says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Covered me. What do you cover you with? Flesh and bone. Amen. You being a spirit man, to me is a spirit. He said, You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. See, when you look in the mirror, you should be saying, Lord, marvelous. You did a marvelous job. Huh? Hello. See, sometimes the enemy wants to, I don't care if you, maybe you don't fit the, the cover of GQ magazine. I'll never be there. Okay? Uh, you know, you know you, you're not a supermodel. That, that's not God's design. That's man's thinking and man's way. Where you are and who you are, God designed you specifically, amen, to be used by him. You know, we, we sing the song, you know, unto God. I just slipped out of my mind. Let me look at my notes. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. We sing the song, there is none like you. How many of y'all know that song? There is none like you. No one else can what? Touch my heart like what? You do. Now, can we flip the script? And, and, and stop and think. Do you think God can sing that to you? 
huh? When he looks at you as his child, as his unique child, with unique, intrinsically unique DNA that's like nobody else, amen, that he made your DNA that it don't match anybody, amen, so when he looks at you, he can also say the same thing. Alex, he said, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do, Pastor Fred. Uh, see, and see, but, but we don't stop and realize God made each one of us, each one of our bodies, each one of our existence that special and that unique that there is none like you. Yeah, our, our relatives, our children, they might have what they call the mitochondrial DNA, but they don't have your exact DNA. There's enough to say they came from that line, but that's not them. There's enough of a difference between my DNA and my son who looks just like me that they can tell the difference. No, that DNA says that's senior and that's junior. And we can't mix it up. Why? Because we're all unique in his sight. That's why we can look at that passage and say, Lord, you did a marvelous job when you created me. You created each one. So stop comparing yourself to somebody else. God created your body for your spirit, amen, for his glory. Hallelujah. So we understand more and more and more we, we get that. Go to Job with me. I like this passage. You know, it's in Job in the 10th chapter. You've got to recognize our body is something God has done miraculously and equipped us and prepared us, but it's for him, not for us. Amen, to be glorified. But Job's 10 and 11 says this. Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh. Now, who's the me? It's the spirit man. He said, you've clothed me with skin and flesh and has fenced me with bones and sinew. Huh? You created me a body. You gave me bones. You gave me sinews. You put it all together. Amen. So now I can, I can, when I arrive on planet Earth, I can be able to function. Amen. When I come forth out of my mother's womb, I got my own personalized Earth suit that's going to grow with me. Huh? And it's going to change. It's going to allow me to, to glorify you. But when we don't know that, what do we start doing? We start glorifying everybody else. When we're not connected to God, that body starts immediately telling us what it wants to do. How many of us know that our body has not just one but two nervous systems? know that, huh? Just a few. Huh? You got more than just your central nervous system. Your your gut, your 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 digestive tract, amen, has a separate nervous system. They have discovered over the years that is separate from your central nervous system that goes down your spinal cord. What does that mean? What's that tell us? That means your body, your stomach, you know, you know, and, and all that talks to your brain. To feed me. I'm hungry. Now, all these things. Why? You know, you, you ever had, like we said, that women's into or a gut feeling? Yeah, your gut is telling you to be scared right now. Even though your mind says it's going to be all right. So you have these compatting things going on in your body, and you got to know how to order your body because you can't be letting the body tell the mind what to do when the mind is supposed to be telling the body what to do, but the mind don't know what to do if it's not talking to the spirit. So when we get it in order, we can tell the, the body, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I know what God's doing. And it's going to be all right. 
But if we don't understand that, that connection and that download, we will be ruled by what we feel and what this body is telling us. We will be ruled by our knowledge of what happened to me last time and rather than saying, God saying, stand still and see my salvation. Stand still. I know what happened last time, but I got you now because you trust in me. I got you now because you believe in me. Just tell your body to stand still. Tell your mouth to shut up. Come on, how many times we we, done had, we know the spirit man told our mouth to shut up, but we didn't listen? Huh? He told our mind, don't say nothing. Hold on. Huh? Or on the flip side, how many times uh, have the spirit man told us to speak up and we was too scared because of our past experience? But when we just get to a place, I'm going to yield to God. If you say it, say it, I'm going to say it. If you say it, don't, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop trusting myself. You know, the Bible tells us don't trust your heart. Amen. Because why? The heart is deceitfully wicked above what? A few things? No. Above all things. Who can know it? You know who knows your heart better than you? God. Because most of us don't know our heart as well as we think we do. Huh? So, but we got to get to a place to realize that, Lord, I'm not going to be led by my, my heart. I'm not going to be led by my mind. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And when we stop and realize there's times that we know we weren't led by the Spirit and we said or did, you know, I made choices and decisions that just did not line up, amen, with the Spirit of God. Why? Because we were being moved by our fears, our emotions, our uh, other things rather than hearing what he has to say. Go with me to Acts 2. God wants our body to glorify him. Acts 2.17. Hallelujah. The apostle was speaking to them, and he began to, you know, share with them from Joel 2. This is what he said. He said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, think about that. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. See, you, without God's spirit, you can't do these things. Huh? I mean, you, you call yourself what you want, but without God's spirit, you can't do anything spiritual. Amen. But he said, when he poured out his spirit, notice, he didn't say on some flesh. He said, upon all flesh. Amen. In other words, he wants to use your body to glorify him. He wants to use your body, amen, work through you, but you've got to be open to him. You got to be ready to keep that connection real and alive, that download from God. See, because, you know, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thing that they lost in the garden, Jesus came to restore. He didn't come, you know, Jesus didn't just come, I came to destroy sin. That, that wasn't his, 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 his comment. But he came, he said, that you might have life. Because if we get the life back, like I talked about before, when we get the life back and it's that connection back with God, if we get this part in alignment, sin won't be an issue. Sin is a symptom of the disconnect. Sin is the result of following something other than the Spirit of God. So when we find ourselves sinning, it's because we're not listening to his spirit, because we're not, we've lost that connection, so therefore we fall into the grips and the gravity of the depravity of man, which is its own destruction. But when we can reconnect with God, now he'll tell us what to do, when to do, how to do it, how to respond, how to act, and therefore I'm not going to 
sin. Now, I'm, you know, if I'm listening to the Spirit of God, am I going to be lying and cheat? Am I going to break the Ten Commandments? No, because I'm being led by His Spirit and not by my own knowledge, my feelings, and all those things. So, so you see, that sin really isn't the problem. We can try to get people over sin from now until Jesus comes. And guess what? We're going to keep battling sin. But if we can keep get them connected to God, sin won't be an issue. So we got to attack it the right way. Instead of medicating the problem, you know, the symptom rather, we need to go to the problem. And the problem is death. And we want to bring life. And when we bring spiritual life back to man, amen, and to woman, we, we get that spiritual life back within ourselves, amen, then sin won't have a, a, a grip on us any longer. Because why? We're hearing from God. We want to please God. We yield it to God. Amen. It's not by constraint, but it's willingly. Amen. It's like taking an appliance. Amen. How many have got appliances in our homes? We all do. Amen. But that thing don't work until you plug it into the source. You can put all the food you want in that refrigerator, but until you plug it in, it's just going to be sitting there like a cabinet. But then you mess around, and one day you find that cord, and you plug it in, it's just... And you give it a few hours, and you reach in there, and it's cold. You say, I never knew this could do that. My milk is cold. Oh, God, ice is making ice. Huh? So imagine when we get plugged into God like we're supposed to, you'll be looking. I never knew I could do that. Look at the power. Look at the authority. Look what I, I, I never knew I could overcome like this. Look, because I'm, I'm plugged into the right source. You know, you can walk around here like an unplugged refrigerator all your life and never even, ever get to your purpose and intended functioning ability. But when you get plugged into God, you begin to find out what you were really designed to do. Remember I say God wants to use your body? You know, we, we've seen it, and some of us experienced the fact that when you get plugged into God, now he can take your body, your natural, and, and put his supernatural on it, and we can do things, and we can operate, and we can function in ways that we could not before. It's called flowing in the anointing. And we say, boy, he's anointed. Boy, that woman is anointed. Look at, oh, goodness. But see. All we're seeing is a supernatural fusion of natural and spirit operating together like God wants to do. And, and I got news for you. He can do it with any one of us. He can do it with any one of us. I was, I was watching this, this, this I forget where it was. It was a clip that I was watching. And this lady over in one of the, the African nations, she came upon a, an accident. And she was a Christian. You know, but she came up on an accident where a bus had flipped over and had people scattered all over the road. And, you know, hurt, injured, you know, thrown out the bus. And she went, one of the ladies she went to, she was laying, you know, and her, her head was completely twisted around. She was dead. You know, it's like, and they, they, you know, they did the reenactment, but her head was completely, completely twisted around. So she just began to pray, and she began to, you know, get, help some of the other people up. And just see, start, and it's amazing because she just started telling them, "Stop praying, life. Start praying, life." And some of them went over to her, and they started praying, and they laying their hands on the lady, 
and then, well, then she, the woman that came up on the accident, she's helping somebody else. And next thing she knows, she hear the people over there. She told her just to, to pray and speak life. She hear them screaming and carrying on. She turned around. This lady's head and turned back around, and she's sitting up. Wow. Her neck was broken. She was gone. But because someone that knew how to yield to the Spirit of God and flow in the supernatural, amen, was able to call life back into a dead body, amen, to the glory of God. You don't got to be no clergy to let the, the anointing flow through you. All you got to do is say, hear from God and let him move in your home, on your job, in your business, wherever you are. God, just what do you want me to do right now? I don't know what to do. Sometimes we want to have all the answers. And you say, you got the answers? Go ahead with your bad self. You know, but I'm one of them people. I'll confess, Lord, there's times I just don't know what to do. So I need you to tell me. I need you to leave me. I need, I, Lord, if I, if I do this my way, I'm going to make a mess of things. If I, if I go according to what I'm feeling right now, I just might want to chop somebody's head off. If I go the way I'm feeling right now, I just might want to take a drive out the deception pass. Huh? But what are you saying, God? You see, we can't be moved by all those external things because God wants to be glorified through your body. But we got to realize, we got to realize that in order for that to happen, we need to recognize that the body hmm, is not you. The body is an instrument, it's a tool to be used by God. Amen. It's a tool that he wants you to master and not allow it to continue to master you. Because if we allow our bodies to continue to master us, we're going to miss out with God. So we got to bring, the Apostle Paul said, I, you know, I bring my body what? Under, under subjection. In one place he said, I buffet my body. You know, I'm going to teach it who's in charge. You got to bring that thing under. It's a thing. Yes, it is. And when your spirit man steps out of it, it's going to what? It's going to go back to the dust. It's going to corrupt. It's going to decay. As good as you look right now. Hello. When your spirit man leave that body, give it a few days and you'll be like Lazarus when Jesus said, I mean, they told Jesus, Surely he stinks by now. Huh? Because it's going to go back to its natural state. And if we're not careful, we'll use our entire life that God gave us to serve him for his glory. We'll use our entire life serving this thing that's going to just rot away anyway. Amen. And mess us up. So we got to say, no, it's not about this. It's not about, but it's about him glorifying him. Yeah, we need to take care of our bodies. I like taking a shower every day. If you, ooh, goodness. Huh? I, I, I don't like being nasty, stinky, sticky. You know, no, 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 no. Take care of your body. Amen? Please take care of your body. Brush your teeth. Child, comb your hair. Come on, present your body in a way that glorifies God. Amen. But do not serve your body. Know that it, it was given to you 
to serve him, not you, to serve him, amen, so that we can flow and function. So he said he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He wants, we want to see that, that blending in all of our lives, amen, uh, of the spirit of God operating, amen, because we are supposed to be supernatural beings operating in this earth, amen, bringing to him. Can I, can I, can I uh, use a phrase, amen, when we understand that you become a supernaturalist? Hello. That means I don't just operate in the natural. Hallelujah. Because I've learned how to operate in conjunction with God's spirit and God's word. I've learned how to yield to him. Hallelujah. So that he can do great things through me. See, we in and of ourselves, we can do nothing. Huh? But the scripture lets us know that I can do all things, what? Through Christ. Through strength. Let's go to John 9 and 1. Hallelujah. Talking about God being glorified by your your body. Instead, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, see, this will help some of you. Amen. Because, you know, we, we got some, you know, some, you know, we see people and some of the experience infirmities and all these things and don't say, well, something must be wrong with you. No, not necessarily so. He said, this man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither. Say neither. See, we need to stop, stop. Oh, goodness, help me, Spirit. Stop looking for fault and start looking for glory. Hallelujah. Because we need to understand. He said, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Sometimes God will allow things, amen, just so he can show himself strong. Huh? So he can show himself mighty. He said, his parents didn't sin. He didn't sin. But this is all for the glory of God. So I, I can show myself strong in this situation. It's almost like Jesus said, I knew this day was coming. Now I get to show you. I set it all up. Uh, so I can, I, I can show you, amen, who's going to be glorified in this thing. We've got to believe that God wants to be manifest in you. Amen. He wants to show up in your circumstance and in your situation. Amen. Because why? Our body is that tool to accomplish God's plan and his will in the earth. Amen. And we've got to be ready, amen, to command that body according to what the Spirit of God is saying so we can yield it to him and he can have his way in all these things. Hebrews 10 and 5. You know, even when Jesus was talking, hallelujah, they were sharing what he had said. He said, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering wouldest thou not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. Jesus said, yeah, the sacrifice and offering, that wasn't good enough. So God prepared a body, a tool. Amen, so that he can bring one sacrifice once and for all. Amen. Drop down to the 10th verse. By which all will we are sanctified, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. See, that body was designed, amen, to bring our deliverance, amen, to be that final sacrifice for us another body he wanted to use, amen, 
for our deliverance, for our freedom, for our salvation as a sacrifice, the lamb. Now, we all know that when that body was destroyed on the cross, amen, when he died on the cross, we all know that Jesus didn't die. Right? You know, because why? His, he was a spirit, and he is a spirit. And upon further examination of the scriptures, we found out that during the three days the body was in the tomb, that the spirit was in the heart of the grave, preaching the souls that were in captivity. So he wasn't idle for those three days. And then after the three days was up, what did he do? He came back, and Jesus said, no man taketh my life, I give it, and I pick it up again. So after the three days, he comes back, gets back in his body and says, okay, now let's go to the rest of the work that I got to do. Huh? Let's go and spend another 40 days with my disciples and instruct them concerning the things of the kingdom. And after that, he ascended up unto his father. You know, so we didn't realize that the body was a tool. Just like your body is a tool. We're not here to serve it, amen, but we need to learn how to command it and not allow it to command us. Amen. We got to get to that place, y'all. So as we rise, as we walk in the spirit, amen, our body is in tow, amen, with the will of God. Like I yield, I surrender. I don't want to do nothing that you don't want me to do. Amen. See, because our body will have us, oh, goodness, do I have to go down that road? Mm. Yes, I do. it will have us laying up with everybody. Huh? He'll have us putting all kinds of things in our body that's destructive to our body. Amen? He'll have us, you know, you know, those same senses. I talked about those five senses. Amen. We'll begin to use those senses, amen, to, to fulfill the lust and the desires of this body rather than, amen, allowing God to enhance those senses. See, when the Spirit of God comes on board and that anointing kicks in, he can use those same senses to cause you to see things that you don't see otherwise. He'll help you to hear things in people's speech, amen. He'll help you to sense things, amen, with your, your natural senses, but they're, and, and they're heightened by the Spirit of God. So now you can sense and you can see and you can understand things that you could not understand absent and void of the Spirit. He wants to take it to a whole other level. He wants you to operate as that supernaturalist in the earth. But when we yield our body to do what it wants to do, we find ourselves in trouble with God. How do you think, you know, when, when we talk about the kingdom, how do you think the kingdom is going to come to earth if we don't let it come through us? Huh? That kingdom come, that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But it's got to come through somebody. Notice I said somebody. How about your body and my body that we allow God to show up and come through us so that he can be glorified like God wants to be glorified. Hallelujah. Let's go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read these passages here. We are designed for God to work through us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Now think about that song, It's My Party, I Can Do What I Want To. Huh? Sometimes we, we change that word from party to body. It's my body. I can do what I want to do. Do what I want to 
Survey says, eh. huh? Six and nineteen, First Corinthians. What? I like that. It's like what? Huh? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Isn't that what, what Trey was saying this morning? Which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Now I didn't make this up. Okay? For ye are bought with a price. What price? The price Jesus paid on the cross. Huh? Ye are bought with a therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. See, two separate things. But he said, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You belong to God. Your body belongs to God. And he wants to be glorified through both. How can these things be? Because we've got to connect ourselves with the Spirit of God. You know, he said the Holy Spirit is on board. Amen. It's the temple where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell, heaven coming to earth. He comes to dwell in us so that he can direct us by the Spirit to tell our mind what to do so our mind orders our body. Say, yes, we will. No, we won't. I mean, why? Because it's all for the glory of God. See how this works? Hallelujah. So we've got to get that fact that your body is not yours. Well, I went through all the trouble to establish what, what, what sin was and how the law established sin. Now, so, so therefore, when you choose to do what you want with your body, you're violating the word of God. Because you said it's not yours. How many of us ever had someone take our property and do what they want with it? Didn't like that much, did you? I don't think God likes it much either. You know, when we take his property and do what we want because... Just because we, we, we have this saying, well, possession is, so y'all know, huh? <laughs> possession is nine-tenths of the law. I'm in control. No, really, you're not in control because your mind is just the receiver. Your body is telling you what to do. And you think you're in charge. Hello? Mm-mm, you're not. Go to the third chapter, same book, third chapter. Now, we got to be mindful of how we handle this earth suit uh, slash temple. We just found out it's just not an earth suit. It's a temple. Amen? That belongs to God. we got to think about what we're doing. Amen? Otherwise, you know, we, we find ourselves under subjection to it rather than it unto us. we got to get it all in order. But the third chapter in 1 Corinthians, verse, look at verse number 17. This will mess us up. He said, if any man defiled the temple of God, what's the temple? It's your body. We just read that, right? He said, if any man defile the temple of God, huh? What does it say? Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So what you've been doing with God's holy temple? What you've been putting in the temple? What you've been allowing the temple to do? I'm just, I'm just asking according to what the scripture is saying, so don't man, keep your rocks in your pocket. I got I to gotta abide by the same thing. So if I'm running around, you know, doing whatever my temple feels like doing, but I'm supposed to be in charge, guess what? The temple ain't the one that's going to be in trouble. No, 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 no. The temple, I'll let you know a little secret. 
Your temple don't have to answer to God. Amen? Because the body let us know, man, you know, flesh and blood ain't going to enter in. Huh? He said, you know, this, this body is going to be destroyed. It's going to return back to the dust. So it don't care. It just says, feed me. Let me feel what I want. Let me have what I want. Because when it's all over, it's on you. That's like going back to the scenario I said earlier, you know, when we let leave Lynette in charge, all the other kids, they tear up the house. They said, well, we're not going to be in trouble. This is on you. Huh? See, so we, we got to realize that I cannot allow my body to rule me because I got to answer to God for what it does. Or what, no, no, let me say it like this. For what it, I allow it to do. Hello. See, you can get yourself out of trouble real fast. Just tell your body no. Huh? And that goes back to what repentance is, is the changing of the mind, the changing of our thought and our understanding. Amen. So now I know I'm in charge, and it's not. So I'm not going to continue to yield and surrender to those feelings and those emotions because they are not being directed by the Spirit of God. They're real, but we're going to bring them in order. They're real. We're going to deal with them. We're going to adjust them. We're going to, you know, but we're not going to be ruled by them. Hallelujah. Am I helping anybody? So we got we got to get to this place, amen. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 1. We looked at this one before, but I got to bring it back up. Huh? We got to be able to overcome all these fleshly desires, amen, that come to derail the plan of God for your life, his, his, his ability to operate and flow through you, amen. See, see, because we get all this together, all these other things that, 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 that destroy and divide and bring isms and schisms in our homes, in the church, on our job, whatever. All that stuff goes away, amen, when we allow the Spirit of God to order us and to direct us. Why? Because if I'm listening to His Spirit and you're listening to His Spirit, we're moving in the same direction. But if, I, if you're listening to the Spirit of God and I'm moved by the flesh, I, think, I don't think we're going to meet at the intersection. Huh? So we, we got to get to that place, amen. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, you present your bodies, a living sacrifice. Remember Jesus said that, you know, when he was talking about Jesus, he said he presented him a body, amen, so that he could be a sacrifice for us all. Now this scripture tells us that now you need to be ready to sacrifice your body, amen, unto God as well. Let it be a living sacrifice. I sacrifice those feelings. Oh, shoot. Why'd you go down that road? Sacrifice those emotions. Huh? Sacrifice those desires. Sacrifice that pride. Sacrifice that fear unto God. A living sacrifice. And then it goes on to say, to what? That you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is what? Wow, you mean it's not unreasonable? No, 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 no. Why? Because your body is just a tool. It's just an instrument, amen, for you, the spirit being, to operate into the glory of God. Hallelujah. And if we get there, we get there, we get there. 
Amen. So that we can rise and we can be everything that God wants us to be. That we can move like he wants us to move. can't go by what we see. We got to go by what the word of God is teaching. I'm going to stop right there. Amen. Truly, I think we we, we, we get it. Uh, I, well, I, let me say it like this. I hope we get it. I pray we get it. Try to make it as clear and as plain as possible. Amen. And I know sometimes you got to just wrap your mind around, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm you, you're so used to looking at you in the mirror that you, it's hard to, to realize that you're not looking at you. You're looking at, you know, it's like you're looking out the window at your car. And sometimes that car dirty. Sometimes that car needs to be washed. That car needs maintenance. But it's just a car. Huh? And it can't do nothing without you or somebody else getting in it. Oh, my God, why did I say that? Why did I say that? Huh? Uh, why did I say that? Someone else will drive if you ain't driving. You know, that's where them, 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 them spirits come from. Oh, you don't want to do it? I'll show you how to do it. Let me move over. Uh, next thing you know, you're going along for the ride. Uh, because some spirit then jumped in there and took over. Amen. And you're scared to do anything. You're hollering in your mind, stop. You know, but the body's still going. Why? Because you don't let that spirit take over. And you find yourself places, amen, you, you know better. You don't want to do that. But you, in your mind, you're like, stop, no. You know, how we, how we sit in the driver's seat and we push, the, we push the floor like we got the brakes over there. I see y'all laughing because y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? But what you need to know how to do is just say, the blood of Jesus, I, re- I get out of here. The, see, we have struggled and we have fought with spirits and demonical presences, amen, like they're powerful. But they're not. Not in the presence of God. Huh? The Bible says clearly, resist the devil. And what? He gonna knock your lights out. No. He said resist the devil. And he will flee. He shall flee. He ain't got a choice. You ain't got to fight him. All you got to do is resist. You ever have somebody resist you? Huh? Come on now. Hello. See, I, I know I'm talking to the right crowd. Y'all stand. Huh? You ever have anybody you know, resist? You go to give them a hug and they resist you. you know, huh? Huh? You're going, to, you're going to be a blessed neighbor. You, we, we know, see now, why don't we just resist the devil like that? Huh? And, and, and the scriptures say, he shall flee. But if we don't resist him, guess what? He's going to make himself comfortable. He's going, he going to just going to settle right on in, and he's going to take over. Why? Because he ain't finding no resistance here. I mean, I, I could come and I, I, I could pray until, you know, I'm sweating. I could pray till I'm falling out, but if the person I'm praying for ain't resisting, all that enemy going to do is laugh. Huh? But as soon as they make up their mind to get in the line, as soon as they decide, you know, I don't want this either, and they resist, you got to go. It's, 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 it's no battle. The Bible says he comes, what? As... As it didn't say he was, you know, but he said he comes as a roaring lion. 
he's all roar, he's all huff and puff. But when we call on the name of the Lord, he is not a formidable foe next to God. We're talking about, you know, it, it, look at it like this. Now, if the head honcho, who was Lucifer himself, got cast down like lightning, with a, exactly, with a quick, I mean, that's a flash of, it was that quick. There wasn't no struggle for God to deal with him. It wasn't. Just stop thinking about that. Now, if he dealt with the head honcho like that, what, do you, what, what power do you think his little imps that come messing with us have? Now, you tapped into the source. And when you call on the name of the Lord, he got to go. But if we don't know who we are, he can send the little... The, 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 the feeblest of demonic presence and have us running scared. Oh my God, what's going on? And putting on the big old show. But now you got to say something. You got to go. Resist him. And he shall flee. So even when he's coming into your mind and your heart, amen, and, and, and the flesh and those emotions and feelings, and he's in this in this air, and the Holy Spirit is over there saying, no, you don't have to take that. We got to choose who we're going to listen to. Resist that negative voice. That says don't love. Resist that negative voice. Amen. That, that that's speaking to you. Amen. Negative things about your brother or your sister or your husband or your wife. You know, res resist that negative voice. Say, no, devil. I'm speaking things according to your word. I'm speaking things that are not as though they are. I'm speaking life in this situation. I'm speaking love over this situation. Amen. I, I, I'm going to be like Jesus. Because I have his spirit on board. And I'm not going to let my body. See, we just dealt with the body. We're going to deal with, amen, next is that soul. There's, there's five parts of that soul. Like I told you all before, we're going we're gonna to talk about five areas in that soul, amen, that we need to deal with. But first, we need to understand where this body falls. It is the slave. It is the lowest of your threefold being. It is the lowest, but we have exalted it to be the highest. And we got to get it back in subjection, back under control, so it does not rule us, but we rule it. According to the word of God, not going to let this body have its way no more. Huh? Just look in the mirror when you get home in your car, in your purse, pull out the compact and look at it and say, you're not the boss of me. Be like them little kids. You're not the boss of me no more. Huh? We, we, we getting it in order. Hallelujah. So lift up your hands. Tell your body to raise them hands. Huh? Come on, see, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. See, because think about this. Your body ain't going to do nothing until your mind tells it. Now, if your mind telling you the wrong thing, you're going to be laying up with Sally Sue and Billy Joe. Huh? Because your mind has yielded to what your body is saying. But when you say, now, now, now tell your body to put them hands down. Come on. See how easy it is? <laughs> If you tell your body to do it, your body is the slave. It's got to obey. But if we, we think the body going to tell us, no. I mean, you could be itching somewhere, but until your mind say go on and scratch it, you just going to itch. So, uh, see, see y'all, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to make it practical. Because y'all know sometimes, now, see, I, I, I'm about to hit y'all right now. Sometimes you itching in a spot, you won't tell your body to scratch in public. 
Huh? So who's in control? Who's in charge? You are. It's okay. Oh, I'm, okay. No problem. But if you do someone else, hold on. Huh? I got more discretion than that. Isn't that right? So come on, tell you about to lift up them hands. We're going to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Your law through your word, God. We, Lord, we just looked at a few places that help us to understand, Lord, the, the hierarchy of our triune being. That helps us to know that this body that we possess, this body that we abide in, does not rule us. Lord, help us to have the wherewithal to learn how to rule it. Speak to us by your spirit, Lord, and through your word, God, that we would possess our bodies in honor. We would possess our bodies, Lord, in a way that glorifies you, Lord, that we won't be ruled by them, we won't be controlled by them. Lord, the feelings and the emotions, God, that, that, that try to control us, Lord, in our body and our mind, God, we take authority over them right now. We take authority over this, this vessel, this earth suit. Lord, that we would be able, Lord, to present this body, our temple unto you, God, that you can be able to come and abide in us and with us for your glory. Anything that's not like you, God, Lord, we cast it off. We resist it right now. Hallelujah. Lord, and I pray, God, that through our prayer, through our meditation, through, even through our fasting, God, that you would, you would purge everything out of this body that's not like you. Help us to live in a way, God, with, with this, this natural flesh that you have clothed us with that would bring glory to your name. It's not in charge. It's not me. Well, somebody needs to say, it's not me. And I won't serve it. But I will use it to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.